Hey folks, welcome to Good to Game Podcast. Today, Tony and I are going to be talking about uh, Warzone and how that meta is never going to change in a million years. We're going to have an amazing discussion about the game Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, throw in some other video game news, a little bit of talk about movies, the Knives Out franchise. And uh, finally, we're going to wrap it up with the this week, episode number two of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we will be sure to give you a little spoiler heads up before we get into that. Uh, welcome. Clint, how you doing? Dude, I am doing pretty amazing today, Tony. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Another long day at work. I heard you had a good day, you know, you, uh, on your day off playing uh, with Vance on uh, some uh, Warzone. How was that? All right, so get this. I see Vance is on, and I have, uh, you know, a buddy Jason is uh, texting, oh, you want a game? Because I was playing Ghost of Tsushima, and then, uh, which I'm going to be excited to talk about here shortly, but... I went over to Warzone, and I see Vance, and I'm not getting anything from Jason, so I'm like, well, let, let me invite Vance. And then Jason texts me, oh, I have another update today. I thought I downloaded it yesterday, but here we are. And so Vance and I hopped in, and we did the Resurgence Duos. Do you know about that? Uh, it's a, like it's an Alcatraz island, and it's uh, lots. It's like 40 people instead of 150. Right, yeah. So we did that in our very first game. Uh, Vance and I got the dub. Nice. Uh, yeah, so it was nice. Actually, Vance had been uh, – it started out, we dropped this building, and I killed four people right away and, uh, you know, cleaned up the building. And then we get going, and, and I don't think Vance had, has any kills at this point. And then we start uh, – you know, we rotate out, and then Vance proceeds to kill the next six people that we encounter without me getting a single one of them. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so um, – and he ended up dying in a rotation to a guy with a riot shield. Then uh, at the very last person that uh, we got, Vance got the kill, and it was the same riot shielder that had downed him <laughs> earlier, that had taken Pay him back. out. So it was a, yeah, it was retribution for him. Um, but then I realized I played Warzone yesterday, and I played like three games, I think. Yeah. Um, I did a, a a trio, and then I got a dev error, and it booted me from the game. Uh, and and I, I I think that I was lost, right? And then. I played a trio, and we got a win. And then very next game, uh, one of our team had to leave, and we did a duo game, and we got a win there. So my game on today, my first game, that was about a three-game win streak. Wow. Um, one of them was a resurgence. The other two were regular mode, but on it feels fire. good when you're winning. Last week's discussion yeah. about the meta is paying off. <laughs> yeah, we'll get ready for this week's discussion about the meta. Are you ready for it? Here it is. It didn't it. change. It's still the same. It didn't change at all. These people, Tony, <laughs> Raven Software, have <laughs> dropped this massive update. And they even have in the update, oh, we added recoil to the uh, to the AUG. FFER, uh, they did something in the background, like tweaking of it, so it, the ADS is a little slower. They literally did not do anything to change the meta. So you can still only use three guns. That's it. You know, a sniper, which is almost always going to be the car 98. You're going to have your AUG and your, your uh, FFAR. And that's it, dude. We were just uh, playing a game right before I got on. And, you know, we'd wipe this team. 
and uh, they ended up getting Jason, and there was no buyback. So I'm sitting there, and I'm looking through, like, the mess of guns. It's like, do I want that AUG and that FFAR? Do I want this AUG and that FFAR? <laughs> like, what am I – and I ended up picking up this guy's AUG, and then I I hadn't used it since they nerfed it, quote unquote. And I went and was destroying people with it. I mean, it's just they didn't change anything. What they did change is stim glitchers are back. Did you know about that? No. The stim. Okay, so you can. There's a glitch that you can do where you can have unlimited stims, like your secondary. You can also have unlimited right. uh, unlimited uh, stuns or whatever, but it just c- never fails. So they had fixed this. Six or, se- six or seven times, literally. Um, and one of the things they said they were doing is now the gas gets progressively stronger. No. It, it, it's, it's completely broken. So the stem glitch is back. They haven't done anything at all to change the meta. They added this thing. It's called Foresight. And you pay 20 grand, and you can see every circle that the game's going to have. I mean, every as it closes... You can see literally all of them. You can see where the final circle is, and yep. then you can see where it rotates out twice, whatever. It's like they're actively trying to break their game at this point. <laughs> like, I'm so disappointed. It's, it's literally – it's it's embarrassing, dude. It's embarrassing that this is what they're doing with their game. And it goes to show you, of course, they weren't going to uh, nerf the FFAR because they're selling skins. Same with the AUG. You know, they're selling these packages with these variants that have, you know, reactive camo, all that. A hundred percent, the FFAR needs to be nerfed. The AUG, because of the servers, the type of servers that they use, literally, when you take, when you first realize you're being shot, the second group of bullets is already hitting you because it's a burst, right? And you're dead. Like it's broken, dude. I used it a little bit today, and uh, I got like uh, maybe like three or four guys at the like an end game with it, and like I'm shooting these guys, and they're not even moving. By the time, like, my, I'm literally two bursts killing these guys, and they haven't even started moving. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's ludicrous, yeah. man. I really like that weapon. Back when I was playing uh, Modern Warfare, that was probably one of my favorite ones. Um, and that was oh. months and months ago. I, I was like, well, man, this gun is Modern like, Warfare is... AUG is different. Not the AUG. I'm talking about the FFAR. Oh, that's different, too. You're, yeah. The F, FR-556 is a Modern Warfare gun. The FFAR is a Cold War gun. Oh, okay. Yeah. So That's the burst FR five four. like burst. No, fire. no. The FF FR five five six was the Modern Warfare burst fire, um, which was horrible in Warzone, except for when there was a glitch or a, an oversight by them where you could put a under barrel shotgun on it. Yeah. And it would one shot people despite them having full armor, like no other gun in the game would do that. So you could have six or eight shots where if you they were anywhere within like 15 or 20 meters of you you'd one shot kill people because the game's broken you know but that's the only time the fr556 had any place in warzone but the aug in cold war is a what they call a tactical rifle uh it's the same as an m16 or same category where that's also a burst rifle yeah um so, so the aug is the burst the ffar is a uh assault rifle that in many ways, it, well, it's better than all the SMGs as far as you know, like fire rate up close and all that, but it also has more more range because it's a auto rifle. Gotcha. I don't know. It's ludicrous. <laughs> like it's gonna uh, be. I think battle be forever before they make any adjustments to fix you know whatever the meta is. So. Well, I think Battlefield Six is supposed to be coming out, and I'm sure that'll yeah. have a battle royale or something, and it's 
it's maybe that's the game that you know the player base will move to because the only thing that has kept Warzone alive is a lack of other options because Apex Legends just plays so differently. Uh, obviously, Fortnite is just right. a, a completely different animal. There's not that I'm aware of, at least that has popularity, um, another battle royale with like realistic, semi-realistic weapons and, and mechanics as far as movement and everything. Yeah. So yeah, the the last Battlefield just wasn't that great. I know it was set in uh, World War Two. Battlefield Five. Yeah. I hate when they do that. Just give us modern games because don't don't limit us with this. I think that's on purpose so they don't have to develop you know choppers or whatever else you know. Yeah, it definitely did have the staying power with me anyway. Not like some of the, the older ones did. Number four had the uh, buildings that collapsed, right? Yes, and I remember I remember playing that one a little bit. I was not as big a fan of the real big respawn uh, game modes like that uh, because it just seems like really annoying behaviors were the norm. Yeah. Uh, but I did like that. You know, I thought that was a fun game. I really uh, like I uh, play the, the play mode called Rush. Where it has the two points, and you're, you 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 take the two points, and then when you take the two points, you the the front line kind of moves back, and there's another two points you take. I kind of like that because that that simulated more of a, like a, a actual a, battlefield, yeah, actual battle that was being fought over control points. Yeah, I mean, I hope, yeah, I, hope the new, I like those most. Too. The next battlefield is really. I mean, I remember playing on one of the boards where. The, the opposing side is starting from like navy ships and they're assaulting with amphibious vehicles. Yeah, I thought that was just so cool because like in That's defense, awesome. you just you're setting up mines and you know trying to figure out where uh, where to ambush them all at and stuff. And I, those little mini scenarios that played out in the battle were just so awesome. You didn't get that with the World War Two one, at least the early version of it that we played. Battlefield Five, right? Yeah, and I and I felt like there was like a serious degradation in the in the graphics like it didn't look very good at all so it just kind of turned me off right that's what i remember what's that like the tech the like cartoony and the textures seemed a little weird weird texturing so hopefully going back to a more modern era you know with helicopters and modern vehicles and you know modern weaponry hopefully the you know everything is really customizable that's what i'm looking forward to and that should be a good contender for uh, Call of Duty, and you're exactly right. And it's and I was kind of thinking about this the other day. It's like, man, there is like if you want a shooter, there's nothing out there right now. You know, it's just Call of Duty. I wonder if it's just too they're too dominant. You know, this is this is probably a good uh, maybe a throwback to what you were saying the other day about Xbox basically um, buying essentially buying the the rights to these games, where it, like Outlet, Out, uh, Outriders comes out tomorrow. Right. And, you know, it's in the Xbox Game Pass. Okay, well, Call of Duty knows that you're going to buy the next Call of Duty, and so they are putting less and less into them. You know, we played uh, Black Ops 4, and that was a really fun game. And you even got the, uh, what did they call it? Dark uh, Was it Dark Matter in that one? Yeah. Yeah, you went and got Dark Matter, and we played that a lot, man. That was a fun game. And then Modern Warfare came out, and that was, you know, I think we hated it a lot at the start but then you know it, it brought some value but then cold war is just horrendously bad dude yeah and i realized this the other day because i went and uh <laughs> i went and unlocked this crossbow and uh i was thinking to myself why am i even doing this because this the crossbow in warzone and, and in multiplayer is horrendous it's so bad 
And then I remembered zombies. So I actually took the, uh, I took that in there. Oh, uh, to wrap up the other point, uh, multiplayer's trash, the game's cra uh, trash. Like, it makes me bad, I, like, feel bad when people buy this game. Like, I've had a couple friends buy Cold War because they knew I was playing it. And, I, like, after the fact, you know, they don't tell me, oh, hey, I'm going to buy that. So I can play. No, they just go buy it. And if they told me before they bought it, I would have told them not to buy it. Right. I've been like, just don't. Don't do it. But <laughs> I use that crossbow uh, in Zombies. Ludicrous. Ludicrous, Tony. It is like the worst possible gun in the game early on. But then once you get it pack-a-punched, yeah. a contender for the best in the game. Really? Just because it's got explosive tips on the No, it does not. It does not. But what it does do is it shoots through multiple zombies at a time. So you can, like, if there's five or six or seven of them lined up, you shoot one bolt, and you can kill all of them in, in one hit. Okay. Um, it's a one-shot and a reload, but it does it really quickly. And there's perks and stuff now where every once in a while it pulls from your stock or whatever so it doesn't take a shot. But I went in there today, and because I, I had to – I actually finished the uh, Season 2 challenges for zombies today. Yeah. Uh, I had to kill, like, one or two more Ordas or something like that, which is the end boss. And I had my Ring of Fire – and my uh, crossbow, and I <laughs> obliterated. Oh, okay, I'm actually literally gonna I'm gonna log in to uh, Cold War and tell you what uh, what level I got this freaking crossbow to. Just in my my one game of uh, of zombies, basically. <laughs> I went to level I went to level like 50 something with this thing. Really, level 50? Wait, oh, which, yeah. which map was this? Uh, Firebase Z, the one that spawns the big monster that you have you to go. Got to, Did we, have uh, have you we got, done that? We haven't done it together, but I've gotten to level like 36. It's been a few weeks since I've played. You got to level 50-something in Firebase Z with the crossbow? Yeah, dude. And here's the thing. I, uh, I died at round 51, yeah. but the reason I died is because one of the other things I had to finish was I had to get... Uh, Tombstone, revi I had to revive myself with Tombstone, Yeah, you know, 10 times and kill 100 people while in Tombstone. And so I thought, okay, well, I could self-revive because I got downed. Um, I could self-revive or I could just uh, pop this Tombstone and try to kill some zombies while I run over to get myself. And then, of course, I died to yeah. a monster or something. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I, I do need to at some point go for – do like a round 100 or something because – the the strat is easy. I, it's only level uh, seventeen from that game. It looks like, but with no double XP or anything. I mean yeah. that's uh, that's pretty that's pretty good. I thought, but I uh, give it a try. I haven't played. Well, you have to unlock. Long, you have to unlock the crossbow. Yeah, you have to go in. You have to get fifteen one shot kills with a weapon with no attachment. So mm -hmm. I just went in to nuke town with a sniper rifle and then a I was upgrade up uh, leveling up the bullfrog as well which is horrible as as it's currently equipped and at least in my loadout but it's supposed to be pretty good once you have it set but yeah just with sniping I think that's actually helped me cuz I feel like my shot has been better the past couple of days I've been doing uh warzone is it's probably because I'm sniping yeah. everyone in you know nuke town Although I'm pretty sure, you know, I think you could probably consider my lobbies reverse team. boosted. Basically, at this point, because I'm memeing so hard with the weapons that I use in Cold War, you could consider my lobbies reverse boosted. I think, 
whenever I'm whenever I want to use an actual loadout, I feel like I'm going to go and drop a nuke in that game. <laughs> um, so the timing today was perfect because Vance had to get up to go do something right when Jason joined us. And so I'm sitting there and I'm having a conversation with Jason. I said, Jason, I know that Vance is a little bit of a celebrity, but when he gets back here, I'm going to need you to not be too starstruck, okay? You know, like, (laughs) (laughs) and Jason said that he is also famous because he's mentioned on the podcast all the time. So Mysterious Jason. (laughs) Mysterious Jason. I get back and I'm like, yeah, okay, Jason, this is Vance, man. Try not to freak out too much. And Vance was tickled, man. (laughs) He was... He enjoyed it. It was it was a it was a cute start to the day, and then uh, you know all of our luck had passed us by that point, so yeah. we didn't get it. Well, actually, oh, the very first game that Jason played with us, he had just bought a brand new controller because uh, he had like audio issues right. related to his controller, and we drop in military base, and we're all like, "There's no ammo. I've got these crappy SMGs, and there's no ammo anywhere." So I keep like shooting at these guys. And not having enough bullets in my clip, you know, even to finish them. And Jason finishes it, finishes another one, finishes another one. And I look at it, and, we're running, and, and Jason's like, yeah, Vance, I'm not, it normally doesn't go like this when I play. He's got six kills, and we, Vance and I both had zero. Like, he finished every <laughs> one of the kills. It was a fun time, though. Like, the little bits between, you know, all the reasons to hate the game are, are I guess, why I play at this point. Yeah, just having fun with friends, right? It's yes, the best part. I haven't played war. I played that you know one game solo uh, that I talked about a few weeks ago, but I haven't played a single solo game since. Like if if my uh, if I'm solo right now, I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima, which is phenomenal. Um, but I'll do zombies and hop in, just stuff like that. But I'm not gonna play uh, Warzone if it's if it's not part of a you right know, a, a group that we're gonna enjoy it. Yeah. So speaking of Ghost of Tsushima, so good. it's only been a week and when we were talking about the uh, Safe in Our World website and the, the little Emily Mitchell girl who was ha- suffering from anxiety. And we were talking about the, you know, going and, and uh, seeing what games are, that they were, uh, the Safe at Home uh, website was uh, recommending for people to play. And interest- interestingly enough, Ghost of Tsushima was one of their recommendations. So, uh, and you said in the last week's podcast that you were going to play it. So, how has that turned out? Okay. This is the most beautiful game I have ever seen. Like, amazingly beautiful. One of the things when you first start out is you're getting trained on the, uh, like the sword play from your uncle. And there's these beautiful red falling leaves come around like just falling around you and they're on the ground they kick up as you move and stuff and the background you know the the it's everything is so picturesque it is amazing and then once you kind of finish that part and you ask me about this you what do you think of that prologue right are they you know and you basically start writing in and the the you know the title comes up and you're going over these rolling hills, man. The wind's kicking up, and it is amazingly beautiful, man. Like, it's 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 uh, actually I've been telling, trying to convince a friend who has a PS5 to play it, and I was just dri- uh, driving. I was just uh, on horseback traveling, and I'm looking around. I'm like, this is amazing. And I literally took a 30 second clip of just being on the horse, <laughs> you know, and no, sent right. it to him. Because it's just that amazing. It's it's something like it's it's so easy to appreciate it. But then another thing, you have all these different skills and things you develop. But one of the uh, like 
points of interest on the map are you as you go and you create a haiku so you literally look around at the like the beautiful scenery and different there's different options depending on which areas you're looking and your character writes a haiku you know and it gives them sort sort of like he gets some sort of benefit from it yeah and, there's uh, so many u- unique little little features like that that just make the game unique like uh, artwork you know it's like Yes, it's it's so great. Um, I've recommended that game to a bunch of people that uh, owned the PS4s back when it came out, you know, eight months ago. And I don't think people believe me when I when I say how good it, how good the game was, you know, because not a lot of people would ever take me up on. Maybe I'm just not very good at describing the game, uh, how good it be is. A salesman, Tony. <laughs> yeah, I need to improve my sales skills, but um, you know. It's it's a great game. So I mean, for everybody that's listening, if you have a PS4, if you have a PS5, you have to play this game. You owe it to yourself to play Ghost of Tsushima because it's so good. That's the best way you can uh, best thing I can say. It's just so good. It's, uh, the music, man. I love the music. Oh uh, yeah. And how you know in that prologue where it just swells up as you come over that rise. Yeah, and um, it's and then, cinematic, man. Yeah, and the narrative too, like where you know when you first find your samurai sword, your katana, and he he he's looking at it, and he flashes back to that scene that you're talking about, where he's yeah. with his his with his um his uncle, and his uncle promises to train him uh, to fight, how to be a warrior, uh, with honor and all that stuff. You know, honor just honor, you know, honor so. It's such the theme in this game, but yeah, there's those those really poignant flashbacks to when he was younger, and, and uh, not that I don't want to spoil any story points, but yeah, just everything to get, just comes together to make this fantastic story-driven game that's just dripping with atmosphere and just great moments. I'm I'm also just super impressed by the fighting and the uh and uh the the actual gameplay. Despite being an absolute artistic masterpiece, it is so fun to play, man. And like I, uh, I've been upgrading my character and stuff, and you get to change and and develop, you know, uh, your fighting or or your exploring. I've done zero upgrades to any of the exploring stuff, but uh, like my fighting stuff is uh, is getting pretty serious. There's just so many different uh, ways to attack, you know. Like I consider it similar to dark souls a little bit or um or even bloodborne how, with how some of the fighting like the melee interactions work but then it's it's that and it's like you know the the graduated version of it where yeah. it shows you that all the different uh you know when you upgraded these skills the amazing things you can do to combat you know whatever the new attack is right yeah you know when you're talking about a game like dark souls or demon souls or any of those uh from software titles their combat systems like evolve a lot around timing, you know, positioning yourself in relationship to the enemy and waiting for the uh, moment for them to, to strike and you to dodge or vice versa. That's what's great about those games. But I do feel like Ghost of Tsushima kind of took that and, and went just a step further with it because absolutely, um, you have to learn. Like, I, I, there were moments when I've been I was playing that game, dude, where I would just find an open field somewhere and just practice my stances, right? <laughs> just because 
you can switch back and forth between the stances and each stance for those uh, uninitiated with the game there's like four or five major stances each one is effective it gives you moves that are effective against certain types of uh, enemies you know whether they be sword masters or shield shield men or spearmen or just big boss like characters of which are called oni you need to be able to switch back and forth between the forms to effectively attack and defend yourself in the combat situation now unlike most of those games where you, demon souls games you might get one or two guys that attack you if you're not paying attention but in ghost of shishima they come at you in in multiples yeah so you have to be able to switch and they're not all you know they're not all swordsmen they're not all spearmen they're a mixture so you and have guys shooting arrows at you yeah and you have people shooting arrows at you and you have to almost you have to be aware 360 and be able to to change stance and parry and attack and it has to be natural right like and the way their system like when i was watching you when you were uh, fighting that one boss character which, by the way, if people want to know, uh, the PlayStation 5 has a great feature where if you're in a party, uh, you can share the video feed of the game that you're playing with the other player. So I was able to watch Clint you know, fight uh, one of the bosses in a That's side like mission, a boss, yeah. which is really cool because you know, I'm sitting there kind of cheering him on and trying to tell him, oh, parry this or you know, lunge attack here did or whatever. You, did did you know that I did not have parry unlocked when I was fighting that guy? Are you serious? I hadn't put a single point in it. That's actually all the difference. Literally, once I, I got into another one of those, and I realized that there, so there's a hidden stat of stamina. It doesn't. There's nothing that shows your stamina, but that's what was happening. Is I was I kept wanting to roll away and evade because that was you know I thought oh Dark Souls I'm gonna roll you know and just evade all these guys and right. the the hidden the hidden stat of stamina meant that I was dying because I didn't have enough. And so I went and threw a point over to Perry, and it was like I became a god at the game. Like, as soon as I did that, dude, I told you the next guy, the next two bosses I fought uh, didn't even get a hit on right. me, <laughs> you know, yeah. because of that. Once you learn how to parry and kind of do that little sidestep dodge, you know, like where you're not rolling away, but you're just yeah, I've got sliding yeah, to the I've side. Yeah, i too. Uh, makes a big difference. But um, oh, I remember what I was going to say. Remember you you were asking me, is there no lock on mechanism? Like I can't lock no on lock some on enemies. Mechanism. Yeah. But now that you've played the game for you know over several games, you can kind of probably see why there is no lock on. Um, yeah, of course. Because it takes away from the fluidity. Once you get your skill, your sword skill up to a point, you don't really need a lock on, right? Because you you no, absolutely not. You can uh, reposition your 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 character however you want. Um, Wow, you know, in combat, just so fluid, like, and like you said, I, the game and it, everything is so beautiful when you're doing it. And then we've been playing the multiplayer, so yeah, they've added a multiplayer um, as a free DLC to uh, to the game. So not only do you get this great story-driven single-player campaign, but you now now you can also play with friends in a multiplayer that's kind of set up pretty differently. It's not. You know, yeah, very different. Yeah, and we've been having a blast with that. Yeah, I'm I'm actually super excited. I I thought I thought about playing it today when I was off, uh, the multiplayer because it levels differently, and that's one thing is um, your main character in the uh, in the campaign in the campaign 
is learning all these skills and things like that. And then I realized when I went in, uh, I think yesterday, the day before with you, that I'm like, why do I only have this one sh shield, uh, sword stance? And it's like, enemies that if you're not using the stance appropriate for the enemy, like, you're at a very big disadvantage. You won't break through their, their defenses, essentially. And so I'm like, I'm so used to, this, at this point, switching between three or four different stances, like, you know, in an instant. Like, right. oh, let me just kill this guy. Oh, this guy's got a shield. Let me use this one or whatever. Right. And it was, that made it a lot harder. But I think once I get leveled up, man, we got to do this raid yeah. 100%. If, yeah. The thing about it, in the multiplayer, like, even though you may you might be using a sword that doesn't allow you to be as efficient with your attacks or defenses against particular enemy types. You could still defeat, uh, defeat them, but you just have to use pure sword skill to do it. Right? Yeah. Like you just have to, it's be a lot, a it's a lot harder. You got swordsman. Yeah. Cause I, it's, it's basically easy mode when you're using the right stance against the right, the right, uh, you know, uh, opponent, but it makes it a lot, a lot harder, but I love, uh, I love that you could do the assassination, like the stealth components of the game. You can use that in the multiplayer as well. And they had the survival mode that we were doing. Uh, that was, again, that was yeah. a lot of fun. We have to try that again. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Well, um, they, everything becomes so much more difficult, too. Like, we're kind of still in the beginning stages of the multiplayer. And as we rank up through the levels, as you get more power, like once you hit the power of 105 or... 107 or something like that you're going to we're going to be going off against you know enemies that have those uh fire or water you know or you know earth when uh, you have to like use the the, the power up wherever it yeah. is to yeah yeah they're going to be way way more difficult and it's going to be a lot more challenging but yeah so we need to get so bands my, uh, and play too yeah, I actually I thought about that. I think it was on Xbox though, but I did see him get on uh, PlayStation at one point, and I thought about ask him to play when I was in the middle of a mission, you know. Uh, and then I ended up getting a text, and I met him over in Warzone anyway. But it's just beautiful. I, and here's the thing: I ended up deleting or uninstalling Red Dead Redemption Two uh, to make sure I had space, you know, because uh, I hadn't been playing it. And I figured I could always just reinstall it and you know play some more. Uh, but this scratches a lot of the same itch, is right. what I've found. The open world, you have a horse. One of the best things about this thing is if there's something on, you know, some, you know, plant or whatever you want to pick up as you're going, because it's, you know, it's inventory, it's, uh, you know, upgrade systems and whatnot, you'll find things as you're riding around. You don't have to get off your horse. Right. You just hit the button as you ride by and it picks it up. Like, that's huge, man. And that's something like, man, if Red Dead had that, it would be man, it would have been so much easier, you know, like I'm always <laughs> hopping off the horse, let me do this, that. But Red Dead, I feel like, plays slower. And there's oh, a yeah. place for that, too, you know. But no, it's got that, it's got the sword components of uh, Dark Souls or Demon Souls, and the way it's progressing the story and everything, it's just, and it's beautiful, man. Like, I have enjoyed playing this game so much, and it says, uh, I'm looking in the loading, on the you know, PS5 loading screen now. I've hovered over it, and it tells me my progress of the game. Oh, I guess this is my trophy progress, so maybe that's different. It's saying only 16%. I've earned uh, 14 out of 60 of the trophies Yeah. just playing through. So I, I, I kind of feel as though I'm probably on the you second still, or... Are, are you in the uh, middle part of the island? You haven't progressed to the, thir uh, the third part yet, have you? Maybe no, I, I actually... I think uh, I was in that. I was doing the last mission 
before I'm sure I'm going to ride north. And I think once I complete the story, even though there's, I'm sure, tons more to do in the single player, I'm probably going to try to focus on multiplayer because I, I would like to uh, kind of, I'd like to do some of that with you. It's been, uh, it's been very fun. It's a whole, it's a new thing, you know, yeah. and, and Outriders comes out tomorrow, but I have not pre-ordered it and I am not sure if I will buy it. It's going to depend on how they're handling the uh, game chat, you know. Are you buying it on PS5 regardless, or are you, are you waiting? I am going to wait until I see what the consensus is on it. I don't want to drop $65 on the game right out of the gate. So I'm... I feel like I've been more stingy lately with a video game. Like Even when I bought this Ghost of Tsushima, uh, you know this, is that I always buy the, like, the ultimate version of every game. Right. And that's always been a thing that I've done since we've known each other. And this one had it available, and it was ten bucks more, and it's ten dollars, right? It's not a lot of money, or or I, I suppose it is for some people, but I, ten dollars wasn't really going to make a, a difference for me whether I spent it or not, you know, right. uh, uh, sixty or seventy bucks. And I decided, and I was, I actually sat there, I'm like, do I really need the whatever skins or whatever this is, you know, like, and I decided, it, I decided against it. So I actually bought the regular version of this game. And it's something I'm probably gonna try to start focusing on. Like, don't, don't. They gotta get. What are they? What am I really getting for this extra money? And I think it's really they do that just because people like me who are just gonna buy whatever the best right. is, you know, even though it is not actually best or better. It's just I gave them more money for right. the same game. I like, you know, I like to save money just as much as the next person. You know, like it's the whole Game Pass discussion <laughs> thing over again. Yeah. It's like, yeah. hey, I want. Great! I want as many games as I can get, good games I can get for the cheapest I can get, right? So, I don't disagree with that. So, but if you were to tell me that Ghost of Tsushima Two is dropping tomorrow for seventy-five bucks, I'm dropping seventy-five bucks on Ghost of Tsushima Two. I'd pay one hundred and fifty bucks yeah. for it. To be honest I with mean, you, that's just whatever they I, would uh, charge like, for it. I'd, that's I'd the buy difference. It. It's like you know, but there's going to be people out there that say. Oh, I'm not paying that. I want that game for thirty bucks. Obviously, well, everybody wants the, the, everything for as cheap as they can get, right? But yeah, if you value something, I'm going to pay what I value it at, and I think the game is worth that amount of money. I'm going to support that uh, the developers so they can keep keep giving me that game or that product. If I, if everybody decides they just want to be cheap and wait and I'll wait for it to drop on Game Pass, which it never will, obviously, because it's not Xbox. Why would they develop a game like that? They're just going to give us crap. And that's my whole opinion on it. You know, <sighs> Eventually, they're just going to keep offering us less and less and less. And it's just like that Activision Call of Duty thing, right? You know, On the surface, it looks like, oh, man, they're giving us all this. But at the core of it, it's hollow. So Yeah, I'm interested. Uh, I'm definitely interested in seeing kind of what – what other great games are going to come our way? And I, I've been reminded now, since we've been talking about this, that I still have not played The Last of Us Part Two. Right. And my thoughts on that were, I think I had some other games I was playing, and and then uh, there was no multiplayer, so I thought, okay, well, if it's if it's something like with multiplayer, then there's a reason to play it right now. Right. But if it's a game that is completed, that's not changing, and um, you know they they're gonna. I just wasn't in a hurry right. to play it, but I saw that the Last of Us Part One was on. I, I have it. I don't know if it's PlayStation Now or whatever the other one's called. Um, but I did go ahead and snag that, and I'm thinking maybe once this dies down, if I don't end up getting into Outriders or 
When's Deathloop? Is that in May or or April? I think it's May. Might be May. Well, I need to make sure that I keep The Last of Us Two on the list because right. I'm I everything I've heard about it is that it's amazing. I'm glad you brought up The Last of Us Two. It's kind of like one of the divisive games in the you know last year, which is weird. I mean, it's not weird. Like that game has a huge fan base, right? People love mm-hmm. that game. I love that game. And not again, no spoilers, but there, there's certain things that happen in the sequel that have just made huge portions of the fan base just angry, angry, angry. And they blame the developers, they blame the producers, just serious hate for what they did in the game. But that kind of kept me from playing the game. Um, really? Yeah, I was like, I don't want to be disappointed. Everybody's complaining about it, you know. I'll just wait, and I waited and waited, and somebody at work was like, "Hey, man, I've got the the Last of Us Two. You want to borrow it?" And I'm like, "Sure, I'll borrow it." I I took it home, I put it in, and I'm thinking, I just finished playing Go, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, right? It's a couple months, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking, Ghost of Tsushima is my hands down best game from last year. Best game. There's not a game anywhere close to it. So I played The Last of Us Two. I loved it. I was amazed at how they told that story. It's Naughty Dog. They, these guys are at the top of their craft. And I just felt like people were just like, you know, they were overreacting to certain things or whatever. But the story was, I thought, was great. And when I finished that game, I I still felt that Ghost of Tsushima deserved to be my number one game, right? And, and but did The Last did of Us 2. Last of Us right Part there. 2, did it? Did it win the game of the year? Is that what's won? Yes, won it? it's won all kinds of awards, right? It's 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 pre- it's practically swept the game awards. And, and from a, uh, there's a bunch of different game awards, you know, from different organizations, whatever. But it's mm-hmm. it's right there at the top, and it, it's won a ton of awards. And I say it deserves it. The Last of Us Two deserves those awards, despite all the when... hate that the game gets uh, from certain segments. That game deserved those awards. There are a lot of people I think that you know when when they uh, when they look at the world, every every aspect of it needs to be safe and familiar. And when they look at others, they need to look like them, you know, um, and they need to feel like them, and they need to have the same morals as them. And when they see something that is outside of 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 that, outside of their comfort zone, then they attack. Right. And I don't know. I have an idea a bit from context and everything. I I think I have a you know understand probably what The Last of Us Two is getting into. Right. Uh, well, that's, I that's mean, polarizing it, people, and it's it, it, you know it does have a lot of those topics in it. But I mean, I think everybody kind of already knew. Yeah. From the end of the, well, the prologue, right? Um, of, or the uh, epilogue. The last game, the first game. I think there was a like a there was some DLC that came out. After the yeah, first game, yeah, I, pl- I, I played that, and that I, yeah. that's what I thought it was about. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people already know that, and having thought the same way, kind of what you were saying, this must be what people are upset about. After playing it, it's not really what they're upset about. That what they're upset about is something happens to a beloved character that they just can't get over. It's just a shock to them. It's like I 
that's really kind of where the, the, the crux of it is. It's like a decision by the writers to do something that they just didn't agree with and they can't forgive them for doing it. But no, I, I appreciate need to play this game, but I don't want to play. I don't want to play it this play week. So play <laughs> Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima. But I, I will say, do that first. Ghost of Tsushima is still my favorite game. But The Last of Us Two deserves Game of the Year awards too. It deserves them. The Last of Us Two is a very heavy game. It's, it's like it's somebody suspiciously take... absent from the uh, mental health. Uh, right. <laughs> mental health not, website. Yeah, <laughs> it is not going to be on that website. It's dark. Dark, dark themes. This is some heavy stuff, really heavy stuff. And when you finish so that game, I should have waited yeah. to play this after. I uh, should have played Ghost of Tsushima afterwards but, to save my soul after playing this other game. Ghost of Tsushima is like beautiful colors and a flute playing and the wind blowing through the trees and and then you get some great fighting in there. You know, oh, you like to, straight up decapitate people yeah, and turn and into he, a ghost. You yeah, don't, you know. It's, but it, it turns all that into art. It it, it really kind of makes it like glory, glorious, right? It's like, oh, oh the yeah. life of a warrior, right? It's it, it's nostalgic to those old stories from you know ancient times that they tell around you know little village campfires and stuff to make people like dream of going off and being a hero, right? That's Ghost of Tsushima, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's oh, it's so good, and it just makes you feel so powerful. When like when you're switching back and forth between these stances, or using like one of your powerful moves, and you know taking on a bunch of guys all at once and just decimating them. Yeah, and it's uh, I don't know, it's really it's a really special game, dude. It is like the the way that they've been able to kind of balance all of the like the the beauty and the artistry artistry with the just you know absolute violence and ruthlessness it's a yeah it's a masterpiece i think definitely definitely i agree totally i highly encourage everybody that own that is in the playstation ecosystem that you have to play this game i've been telling people that they need to they need to switch to playstation to play it (laughs) i've told a couple of people that (laughs) right you're playing the wrong console because you can't play ghost tsushima So we've been playing that multiplayer. You you know, you're going through the story campaign. I'm probably halfway through. Days Gone. Oh, a couple points real quick. Days Gone, one of April's uh, PlayStation Plus games. Oh, nice. If you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber, you get a really good game. Download it and play it. Absolutely uh, worth worth the time to, to get into that game and explore it and, and uh, complete it. I think I, I enjoyed it the whole way through. It's crazy, dude. In April... If you own a PlayStation, and I hate sounding like I'm a, a, a Sony salesman here, but you're going to well, we get... we had literally Xbox, like entire weeks of talking right, about Xbox, so you can get mix the, it right, up. You get Days Gone on April 6th. You get the, an exclusive game, uh, Soul, Soul Stone. Uh, I can't remember. It's one of the other PS Plus games. Later on in the month, on April 19th, if you just own a PlayStation... You don't even have to have PlayStation Plus. You get uh, Horizon Zero Dawn for free just for owning a PlayStation. So you get two of their major titles. One for just owning a PlayStation and the other one if you're a, play, a PlayStation Plus member. So Should I play this Horizon Zero Dawn? Oh, yeah. You need to play it. Okay. It's really good. That'll be uh, just knockback uh, 
The Last of Us 2 a little further, huh? <laughs> I mean, hey, so many good titles to play. It feels that way, man. I think for a long time I was really in, um, you know, a rut with just Call of Duty multiplayer, you know, just yeah. real that kind of game and just hate myself while I play it and hate everyone else that I'm playing, you know, uh, because it's just a competitive game. Right. And it's so nice to play a game and like there's so much value in what I, you know, I'm, as I, I'm going through the story you know, the time you're spending and just being at peace while you're playing. And then there's still, you know, tons of action, amazing sword play, you know, and, and right. I really appreciate what this game is giving me versus a lot of the games I've chosen to play right. in the past. And some of these types we played, Days Gone and Red Dead and everything else. So you're really going to appreciate this news I'm about to tell you about Ghost okay. of Tsushima. Right? All right, I'm excited. They've announced PlayStation Studios will be producing... The Ghost of Tsushima movie. Oh, my, okay. It's Pedro Pascal. <laughs> no. Star. <laughs> no. But the director of John Wick will be directing Ooh, the movie. Nice. Okay. And this is obviously pre-production. This is just new. Yeah. It's probably two or three. Okay. Years. It's probably, we're probably looking at two or three years down the road. But th I'm thinking some really great action with swords. <laughs> yeah. So. If it's anything it, like, uh. I want to see a sword fight. Do you remember in Game of Thrones where, you know, I don't, I don't remember the name of the guy, but he, like, took on four or five dudes in a sword fight all on his own? Yeah. And it was, like, the only time in the history of the world that that fight has been choreographed and, and, and videoed properly. I want to see stuff like that, man. Oh, With yeah. ama amazing cinema, you know, cinematography and the, uh, the autumn uh, leaves falling, you know, while they fight through them and stuff man right yeah i can't wait to see how they, they they bring that world from the video game over to the big screen and how that's gonna look but we're going that's, that's probably like two or three years away but i love what they're doing with their properties you can't get enough of it oh guess what here's a tv show or here's a movie you yeah. know they're they're kind of turning into disney like disney <sighs> is a master of that that's one of those things you just reminded me i think from a TV show or something kind of based in the future. And it was this crazy weird ad. And it was like from whatever our company name is, we're proud to be one of the seven companies, you know, because these, these companies all, you know, grow into these monopolies and they try to integrate everyone around them, pull, pull a Microsoft, you know? Right. But, uh, yeah. So we're definitely going to go see that, right? Uh, definitely. Of course. So, in uh, kind of the movie news, we went and saw a movie. When I don't know when did it come out? When did when did when did Knives Out come out? Came out, I think Probably November. 19, right? November twenty nineteen. Yeah. Well, we saw that in theaters, and I I brought it up a week or two ago with you that when I watched uh, Age of Ultron, the entire time I couldn't remember if I had ever seen it. And I thought, well, I just didn't really care about it. It wasn't a good movie, you know, at least by what I appreciate in a movie. And I mentioned that I couldn't even tell you if I had seen that movie, but if you were to start talking to me about Knives Out, I could I could probably remember and, and, and you know, recount with you every scene in that movie because it was just so amazingly well done. Right. It's, uh, Knives Out, if, if you folks haven't watched it, is a, uh, a whodunit that is done in a very kind of, uh, fun way 
the uh, and the way that the uh, the viewpoints change in it and the dysfunction of the family kind of at the center. Um, it is, uh, it's amazing. And Daniel Craig <laughs> is a uh, place. Do you remember the first thing he said when we were in the theater? As soon as he opens his mouth, Daniel Craig is kind of like in the background of these scenes at the start. And then as soon as he opens his mouth, this is not even a spoiler, but uh, you won't have the same reaction we did. Dude's got the thickest southern drawl. And Tony and I just looked at each other like, what? <laughs> like, no idea what he said. And, and there's no way they made what he said important because no one was going to be able to get past the accent. Yeah. Um, amazing, amazing movie. And he plays a detective in that. Well, Netflix has uh, purchased the right to the sequels, sequel or sequels, to Knives Out for $450 million. And the director has said oh, – it was actually, I guess, the screenwriter uh, said that what he plans to do is have it be an entirely different cast, different location, everything. But then Daniel Craig's character, the detective, um, will be in their location to go over whatever that mystery is. <laughs> I was going to say, there's no way they can do a sequel to the original when I was out, but if you were to do yeah. – you, he's just a reoccurring character with different cases. Yeah, it's his like they're his movies essentially, and then, yeah. Man, yeah, how yeah, good was yeah. that movie? I almost want to watch it again, man. It was like, I I don't we you know I don't know how many movies we would see a year. I mean, we, uh, you know, yeah. it's got three, really, four or something yeah. that we'd see, but that is the best one I can remember us really, seeing together. Uh, really quirky characters that just stand out, uh, kind of like a Tarantino type, you know, production. Yeah. Just yeah, give you really memorable characters that have some quirk or you know something that you're going to remember. Him flipping that coin and that and that and you know that southern draw that he has when he talks. Yeah, like, it was so out of character for what you've seen him do, do in the past. You know, James Bond, man. Yeah, <laughs> and it was just so well done, and the way they kind of. The way they told the story, and I can just think of the even like some of the camera angles and camera work in it, um, just again amazingly put uh, put together, and just I don't know. I, I talked about that one for a while, and it's still that's been what a year and a half ago that we saw it, and that's the only time I've seen it was in the theater, yeah. and it's still something I bring up to people every once in a while. Just have you guys seen Knives Out? And it made uh, I don't know several hundred million dollars uh, off a of forty million dollar budget. I, I right. read that today. So it, it was very successful, but yeah. didn't seem to – I'd never hear anyone talking about it. So I don't think it culturally had a big impact, but it was you know financially successful. Right. Speaking of movies, okay, so you know we go to the movies quite regularly, uh, Amy and I. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we went to what, what movie? Uh, Nobody that released uh, last week. That's a really good John Wick's type of movie. Uh, great action. I think the, the director had also helped produce some of the John Wick titles. Um, great action, right? It, it's a good story. I mean, just a really good movie. Uh, it has a guy that plays uh, uh, Saul in Better Call Saul from Breaking Bad. Oh, that's the movie you saw. I saw the preview for that. That looked so good. Yeah, he does such a great job in that movie. Just being kind of like this ordinary dude that doesn't uh, really stand Bob as a, Oden yeah. Bob Odenkirk that's yep. his name right yep that's exactly who it is took me uh, a second to think of his name 
he's you know he's just living the normal boring suburban suburban life, and he's just really just this really, you know. Got this dark history that comes out, right? You know, kind of like a from the previews. Yeah, you could say yeah. say it was a real like a real operator in some way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. great movie, but it. It was when we were coming into the theater, like the previews had kind of already started, and we just... Did you see the uh, Black Widow? No. Oh, thank <laughs> no. goodness. I'm so sick of that trailer. But we just got in our seats, and a trailer came on. It was Mortal Kombat. No way. Remake Another one? Of Mortal Kombat. Wow. I was like... Is Did it look good? Was yes. the CGI, CGI yeah. and stuff good? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I had, uh, you know, had all the. It's basically a total remake of the nineteen uh, eighties uh, version of it. Well, wasn't wasn't there a few in the eighties and nineties? Because I think I've seen a, a few of them. I don't remember I only kid, seeing you know? one, one well, major movie. I mean, there might have been some spinoffs or something, but. I guess I can that, maybe I'm thinking of all the same movie, just different scenes, you know, because it was yeah. 30 years ago I watched it or whatever. Yeah, but it had the characters, you know, the the one the the, the ninja guy, I can't remember the names, but the ninja guy that has like the ice, the Sub Zero. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then uh, the other guy that has like the scorpion thing that comes out and he yells, "Get over here!" Yeah, yeah. They do that scorpion. in the trailer, and I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, dude, I got pumped, man!" I'm like, "Yeah, Mortal Kombat, awesome." But, Isn't it amazing how these like characters kind of like they have such an impact on us like from just video games you know and then but we become so like you know we yeah. we learn to appreciate them in so many ways. Well, I I've come to determine that the 1980s were the greatest decade ever. I mean, I was born in the 80s, so yeah, well, that's uh I got that going for you me. You got I guess. that going for you, but like the 80s, man, there's so much great stuff from the 80s that just makes you so nostalgic for that for that it decade. seems like it was a turning point for a lot of like industries like name a movie from the 70s that's not you know the godfather or whatever you know like there in the, the 80s seemed to be like blockbuster movies started being the thing mm-hmm. and just a lot of a lot of changes right oh and that, let me tell you market. another movie we watched on monday um we went and guess what movie we watched I don't know any movies from that the are 80s. out at all unless you tell me. From the 80s. You know oh, this movie. Oh, what you see from the 80s? It could be 100 different movies, right? Yeah. Uh, Back to the Future on the big screen. Oh, I love the Back to the Future trilogy, man. Yep. You watched the original one? The original Back to the Future on the big screen. Was it remastered? I don't know if it was remastered, but it looked good. Well, that was yeah, probably remastered because yeah. it's from. It really looked really good. Eighty-five, right? Was nineteen eighty-five? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, that was a amazing movie. Yeah, it's one of those movies. You know, it's like you 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 might see it in like uh, Netflix or uh, some other movie streaming service. Oh, just... they were, and I watched all three of them like this past year yeah. because of that. But you, majority of the time, you'll just pass right over them, right? But no, I wouldn't. No, um, not me. Not 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 Back to the Future. But <laughs> that's a like, great series. I saw it on the on the little uh, movie app, and I was like, "Oh, we need to go watch," because uh, Amy wanted to go watch. Did Amy movie. like it? Yeah, she loves Back to the Future. That was really good. 
just to see it back up on the big screen, you know. And oh, I would have loved to see that on the big screen. You know, you know when I th- what I thought you were gonna say when you said movie from the '80s. You know this. All I could think of was the Princess Bride. <laughs> Princess Bride. I could probably think of a hundred great movies from the '80s, but the one that we've talked about. Did were we talking about that the other day? Where someone, I guess she's probably in her twenties, but she hadn't seen it at work, yeah. and yeah. then and then I told her like that you have to see it. Like that's your homework. <laughs> right. Like I I expect the full report tomorrow or whatever. And then the next day, she hadn't watched it, and so I just was so disappointed. Like, how could you not watch? And someone was like, "Oh, it, it's old. It doesn't really hold up." It holds up, right. okay? How don't, does it not? Don't hold you up? dare say we're, the Princess Bride doesn't hold up. Literally the entire week, you know, there's like half a dozen of us in the office, right? The entire yeah. week, everybody was dropping nothing but one-liners from the Princess Bride. <laughs> when anybody, so good. When anybody would do something, there would be like, you know, a response from the princess bride for what they were doing and she's like where yeah. are you guys getting this from from the princess bride you have to go watch it and then she's watching and it's like <laughs> she's like i don't i didn't get a lot of the jokes i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah that's 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 when we when we decided that she is my mortal enemy right? <laughs> because she she doesn't like the same things i like so i'm gonna i'm gonna not like right. her. That's another, <laughs> a theme we learned earlier <laughs> right yeah Man, Princess Bride so great. There was a lot of great movies in the '80s, man. A lot no, of great ones. Name, I can't name all of them. And then even the shows about the about movies and TV shows or events in the '80s are great. You know, like Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Everybody. You know, I haven't watched their the their newest season, which is old, maybe a year old now. I still haven't watched it. Number three. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw the first two. It's good. Maybe I should I mean, watch that. It's, it's good. They, they, uh, there was a new character that was introduced uh, in that one that worked at the mall. She's really, really good character. So, but that's true. There's multiple good characters, new characters. Yeah, that's a definitely a solid sh- uh, show. Yeah, I, I mean, know, when I watch Netflix, like if I pull up Netflix, I'm gonna find, I'm gonna like gear myself up to watch an episode of Black Mirror, and do actually. Um, do you have you ever watched Black Mirror? Yes, yes, I've watched an episode too. Okay, Black Mirror is one of those where every episode has its own actors, its own director, its own. It's set in its own universe, or it seems like it's all the same universe because there's some themes you'll see here and there. But each story is detached from the next completely, or right, almost completely, like except for some themes. Twilight Zone or Twilight Zone, uh, exactly. Or, uh, yeah. No, yeah. It was. It's probably more in line with something. What was the other one that was big at the time, like in the seventies or eighties? You mentioned it, I think, the other day, like something about a warehouse or something. Warehouse thirteen. No, yeah, that was that was a nineties show. I think. Pretty was sure it? that was oh, in the late 90s or early two thousands. Um, warehouse thirteen, where they would get the, you know, uh, an item that was uh, haunted or whatever, and they put it away in the warehouse. I'm talking more of uh, some of those old school, like 1970s spinoffs of like Twilight Zone, uh, like Tales from the Crypt, and uh, what was another? Oh, one? okay, yeah, that's another one. It just framed it a little differently. Yeah, it was. But if, it, yeah, I, 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 I've I'm, seen the I've seen the um, Black Mirror. Um, yeah, it was good for sure. So, the thing about Black Mirror is that. 
there there are some I, I think it's an amazing series, but there are some absolute misses on the shows for me. Uh, on on you know some of them I've seen one time and I'll I'll not watch it again probably. Some of them affect you like emotionally so much you don't want to watch it again. <laughs> right. uh, but when you're done with an episode of Black Mirror, you're gonna feel something whether it's like confusion, despair, you know, hope or or uh, longing or lost or something. You're going to feel something when you finish an, an episode of Black Mirror, which is what I appreciate about it. But I watched one last night, and I'd seen it before. But our friend from uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think, is his first name Anthony? Is it Anthony Mackey? Is in an episode of Black Mirror. And it's actually the episode, like, theme of the episode involves video games. Um, and it's uh, it's a... Man, it's just another weird one. But Black Mirror episodes are also weird. But I ended up watching that uh, this week. I saw the one with Anthony Mackie, and it was so weird to see him. You know, we see him as the Falcon, you know, in this uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. But then he is just kind of a regular guy who gets into some craziness in the in the in the show. But I think that guy's got a little bit of range, man. I think he definitely is. Uh, maybe a better actor than I had probably, I mean, there's nothing I've seen that's wrong with his acting, but I hadn't been really been wowed by anything, but right. watching, watching him in the black mirror, it really kind of shows that, that, you know, he's got, he's got some acted chops. It seems. Yeah. I mean, but, he seems uh, like a pretty good actor. Um, you should check it out, man. It's, uh, it's so weird. It's always so weird telling someone to watch black mirror because you, I, I always assume that they're going to think things about me based on the episode I tell them to watch. <laughs> and it, it, I can remember there's a woman that we work with who I don't know very well. She's been there. You know, she's one of, you know, not terribly long. And I think this is like the class. When I think of a classy person, this is, I don't even know this person very well. You know, we're, we're definitely acquaintances, buddies, whatever. Um, she is so classy, and I realized I was mentioning Black Mirror to her, and I told her about this episode, and I hadn't seen it in a long time, and I re went back and rewatched the episode, and there was this whole subplot of the most, like, oh, man, like, vulgar, inhumane <laughs> stuff, and I just thought, if she watches it, I'm fired. Like, I'm, I'm done. Like, she's going to report this, whatever, and then I just never mentioned it again, and I'm sure that she completely forgot or disregarded our conversation <laughs> and never watched it because I would have heard something. Right. You know, Black Mirror or something else. But what what do you think of this uh, week's episode of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier? Well, before we begin our discussion of episode two of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, if you haven't seen the show you don't want it spoiled, we are about to get into some spoiler talk. Again, just like last week, we'll give you a moment to, to bail or step away or, and come back. We're going to be doing some spoiler talk of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Five, four, three, two, one. So, yeah, I watched the episode. I liked it. I mean, it's a good episode. How do I feel about Captain America, the new one? Captain Walker. Yeah. Old no chin. You know, I was thinking about that, you know, how we were talking about he didn't have a chin. But if you really look at it, he kind of does have a chin. It just doesn't come through very well with that helmet they put on him. But, you know, I don't know what to think of. I don't I don't know what to think of him and his sidekick. 
this random sidekick too. <laughs> yeah, what is this like, guy even bringing to the table? Who is this guy? I mean, who are these guys? I mean, I can understand why if they were going to get somebody to play Captain or, or be Captain America, why based on his credentials they would have chosen him. The guy has three yeah, Congressional three Medal of Honor, of Honor wins. <laughs> I mean, not wins, but medals. Awards. Awards. Yeah. Three. You know, most people That's don't ludicrous. even survive getting one. <laughs> he has three. And there's yeah. a there's a there's a scene in there when uh when Bucky asks him, "Have you ever jumped on a grenade?" Well, actually, yeah. yes, I've jumped on three of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, man, I you know I'm a, I, I'm a big believer in giving people a chance. I don't know if I'm supposed to give this guy a chance. Are they You're wanting not. me to give him a chance? I'm not sure. No, I'm gonna say I called this one. You call all the other ones, and I'm always so wrong, but I was on to this guy from the start. <laughs> he's, he's a dirtbag. He's, like, got too much influence. You know, we see him. So what? how's the story progress? The Falcon goes out to, was it Bratislava out in East, east uh, some, Europe? Some Eastern European country that's harboring, you know, weapons or something, terrorists. Yeah, and Bucky uh, tags along. They run into super soldiers right um and they're getting their butts kicked and the no chin captain america and his uh do nothing sidekick come come and assist them but they don't win the fight they just basically make it out of there with their lives intact and then they kind of get out of there and it starts progressing, but you see that, you know, oh, they, you know, Bucky and, and uh, Falcon get in the argument and the police get called, whatever. And then there's Captain America there to bail him out of jail and say, oh, you don't have to go to your therapist appointments anymore. I approved it. And he's like really trying to buddy up to them and they shut him down. You know, they, sh- they shut down Captain Nochin, say, no, we don't want to work with you. And then the last, one of the last things he says is, yeah, uh, stay out of my way. You know, like right. so you see this like uh, underhanded side of this guy, where he's already exer- you know exerting his influence and stuff like that, and these other right and these other yeah, ways. It's very and... strange. Like, I don't feel like that Steve Rogers ever had that sort of influence where he could just bail somebody out. Did did he? I mean, did he do that with Bucky? I'm not sure. I didn't. I didn't see that movie. No, so. I, I didn't think so either. I think that Steve Rogers was like a figurehead captain. Steve Rogers got morphed into like the super, superhuman or whatever and then was frozen for 80 years. This guy's been serving however many years in the military like actively and has the contacts, uh, contacts and everything that you would have at whatever rank. Uh, I don't know if he was a captain before they promoted him, or um, yeah, he's I mean, uh, he's plugged in, and he's using his influence uh, in ways that have been helpful to them. But he's also he's definitely uh, wielding seems like some a hothead. political influence. He's yeah, definitely got some yeah. highly ranked political figures backing him as Captain America. So yeah, I mean, I think I think Sam the Falcon, I think he gets the shield, man. I think this guy is a hothead. He's going to screw up, or he's got ulterior motives. I think his sidekick, probably at some point, or both of them, um, but I think the sidekick is going to get, like, the superhuman strength. I think that's just going to be part of it that, you know, because what is he? I mean, he's an operator, right? He's a special forces guy, but this is not, you're not attacking, you know, this isn't 
an area where that is beneficial, right? You need other skills. You need superpowers. You need a wing, you know, flying suit. You need a shield made of vibranium. Yeah, I'm that's not... what you need to compete. This guy, what's this yeah, guy even bringing to the table? Where the, what this guy is bringing to the table, like make him. So I think but, that's any, make him anything but a liability. You know, like somebody, you, yeah. somebody you have to watch out for to make sure he doesn't get, get killed. I mean, even so I think Captain that's Walker gets... had to use his shield to save his life. Yeah, I think that dude probably gets involved and gets like the superhuman powers or whatever, and then at some point they turn against you know our our. Uh, the namesakes of the show. Right. Now, that, this, this terrorist organization that we, we see that, that has the female lead you know, with the, the puppy dog eyes that, you know, Bucky fell for. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we're led to believe that they're the primary force, but I, I, I get the feeling is that they have stolen something that belonged to, to the real evil force here. You know, the one of the big three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were the three? Was it wizards, aliens, aliens the big or three. androids? Okay. So the big three are aliens or robots or wizards. <laughs> A- yeah, aliens, androids, and wizards. Right. So this ter- terrorist, was it? I can't remember what their name. Some weird name, their name. Flag okay. something. But they, I, I feel like they've stolen something from another organization. And that was who... We were at the one part of the episode, like one of them gives were himself up. Were they vaccines? Up. Was it vaccines yeah. or something else? Now, they believe that Earth was better off without half the population. So yes. this is some sort of like, uh, I don't know, environmental group maybe. I don't know that saw that the planet was better off with half you know, half humanity gone. I'm not quite sure where, where what the, the seed of their thought is coming from, but we we see them as who they're going after, who uh, Sam and Bucky and Captain Walker are going after. But that I feel like there's another organization behind them that's the true evil entity entity that's probably playing both sides. I almost feel like these are like they're striking out because like they're camping out in people's homes and stuff. Oh, okay. Oh my God, I need to tell you about this part that I absolutely hated. They're in this guy's house. Right, and there's like sleeping bags and stuff everywhere. There, I mean, it's obviously not a super developed place that they're in, as far as the part of the world they're in. Yeah, this guy goes over to a random computer, just log doesn't even log in because apparently there's not a password protecting this computer because he just starts typing. Right, I'm I'm deleting our traces from the internet. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> I hacked in these traffic camps. It's been six man. seconds. It's like he's got with I, like I, ten terabyte uh, uh, download speeds on the computer. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> what is like, like you're you're hacking into these public systems and deleting all traces of all of you from the internet. Like, Details, how am I supposed man. to believe anything? Details. Like, whoever this, is I, writing this I stuff, will man. Say oh this. my it's god, it's not necessarily so the writing. I mean, it is the writing. I will say this about this show. Details. There were some details that I, I you really have to overlook a lot of details. Like you remember back in the first episode where the hum, he does the this, when, uh, yeah, when he's his uh, Sam is going to rescue the captain on the plane and he does 
he sends out his little red wing or whatever, and they do a scan of the plane. Yeah, the and technology shows, of red wing is yeah, absolutely ludicrous. Right? It shows like three people in the plane in the back, uh-huh. right? And then he goes in there and he starts fighting. You know, he kicks like two of them out of the plane or whatever. And then all of a sudden, there's like eight more dudes. Yeah. And they all had time to put those wingsuits on. Wingsuits on right in front of them. Even the dude oh. that he was fighting had the time to put yeah. a wingsuit on. At what moment? Because he's very did... clearly wearing a fashionable leather jacket and then boom, wingsuit. Yeah. What, what is happening? I'm like, how? How? Where did these guys come from? And where do these wingsuits just appear out of nowhere from? And just they had these wingsuits because they knew that he was going to come and try and rescue them, and that's this was their plan. And they had two backup helicopters hidden right in this canyon down there. Uh, I'm like, what details? Was, that's the type of stuff that is just like it. They it's what what is it? They do they not care about us or do they not care about their job when they're making these decisions? Because you could go back and watch a, a TV show like Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, and every little aspect of, of it is like carefully considered. There's a scene in Breaking Bad where a chess set is like in the background, and uh, Vince Gilligan spent like 30 minutes setting up the chess set to show like a to show that like one side was like deep. Uh, deeply threatened by the other, you know, and then the piece, the different colored pieces represented the people. It's like, you don't even notice this stuff. Right. And that is the type of thought that goes into it. And they can't freaking, they're, they're going to tell me this guy's hack of the world. That kind of stuff, man, it just, it kills me because it makes me really question whether this is going to turn, you know, turn into something. I think, I, I, what I think needs to happen is I think I need to adjust my expectations, which is a very important thing that we all need to do. Uh, at different points in our lives and at different points in our days a lot of time. And I, do, I need to adjust my expectations and think, okay, this is just for fun. It's like when I went and saw Fast and the Furious in the movie theater, whatever, 97 or whatever it was, and I can just remember, okay, I just watched something amazing, and I got to think, well, this is not going to be good, but it should be fun. And then I enjoyed watching that movie because I had the ex- the proper expectations, and that's what I need to do. I need to stop expecting plot consistency and you know them <laughs> right. to them to actually give me credit for you know paying attention to what they are showing me. You know, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, somebody might say, dude, they have superheroes in it and aliens, wizards. What do you expect? Yeah. I'm like, you're right. <laughs> uh, they have sorcerers because wizards yeah. wear hats or whatever. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah, sorcerers. But, you know. I don't know. Like you, But you can still have logically consistent, you know, uh, you, you know, activities occurring in your TV show and have it be about wizards and androids and aliens. I mean – I don't think that those are mutually exclusive things. Just give give us credit as the audience. Like, and maybe the whole thing is that this is supposed to be for thirteen year old boys or something who, you know, don't know that maybe they can hack that. You know, whatever the world in twenty maybe seconds. Maybe maybe in this this multiverse Earth, this is possible. Yeah, yeah. I hate that. That yeah, it's a uh, universe twenty eight B or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, still, it was entertaining. 
I just yeah, I, I enjoyed watching it despite you know it's just like I enjoy playing Warzone between the times that I don't absolutely hate it. That's how I feel about. I will say that the next time that we have something at work that requires a solution, a dif- uh, we have a difficult problem that requires <laughs> a solution. <laughs> no, we're not gonna hack it. We're gonna turn to each other and say, "We need to go see so and so." Just some, some random dude that nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. Let's just do it in front of everybody. You know, so we need <laughs> and to then like, walk out of the room, prearrange a name, <laughs> and then it's like, you know what we need to do? We need to go talk to. You know, Ezekiel. So, yeah, yeah, Ezekiel. Yeah, and then walk out. Because <laughs> how many times that happened? Like twice in this episode. Yeah, they're just like <laughs> out, and then it's like, oh, who cares who they're talking to? Like you're, you know, I mean, I don't. Do, you're, are you uh, the Hulk? Are you Doctor Strange? Are you like, why do they keep doing this? This is WandaVision two, where it's like, oh man, we gotta, you're gonna meet a friend or whatever, and it's like, oh, someone's, you know, mom's buddy from, you know, her third cousin's second marriage. It's like, why, why do you care? Like, why are you talking to this person up, man? No one. Yeah, you go and you. Yeah. My heart rate, Tony. Yeah. I think it's gonna be funny though. Yeah, we need to do that. Let's do it. Here's the thing, is uh, we're already gonna know the answer, right? Because <laughs> right. that's 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 it. Just as needs to be, uh, but they can't know the answer. Oh no. around us. We just have to walk <laughs> out after we say we need to yeah. go see so and so. All right, guys, thanks for stopping by and listening to me and Clint here at Good to Game Radio. Go on your favorite podcast app and be sure to hit that follow. That way you get a notification for when our next episode drops. And what are they following, Tony? Good to Game Radio. Good to Game Radio podcast. Yes. We hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we'll catch you guys next week. (laughs) 